Welcome to the Boise Dev Members Podcast. This month with Mark Schlag of Thornton Oliver Keller. He works on the retail brokerage side over at TOK. And we had a really great conversation about the booming downtown Boise sector, what might happen with some of the big vacancies like Shopco and Sears, and overall market health. It's Mark Schlag on the Boise Dev Members Podcast. You are listening to the Boise Dev Podcast. Development, growth, and exclusive interviews from Idaho's number one business news site, boisedev.com. Mark Schlag, thanks for joining us. Happy to be here. Appreciate the opportunity. So you have been with Thornton Oliver Keller for a long time. Uh, very long, yeah. 22 years 22 now, I think. Years. I think it was one of the first after yeah. the original partnership formed. Right. Yeah. So you've been kind of going at it for a long time and yeah. really uh, know this valley and this market well. Uh, I'd like to think so. Yeah. Although I, I, uh, I will admit I'm constantly learning new new things as new people come in. But right. I'm Boise native, grew up here. Yeah, so you, you went to Centennial High School. Did I see that? I was the second graduating class out of Centennial. So, you right. know, one of the original Radiant High guys. And then when Centennial was built, went there. And Moved over. and Yeah. Did you think it looked like a prison when it opened too? Or was well, it just, we heard that. Yeah. I don't know. I was busy <laughs> with other things. Nice right. Family. Yeah. yeah. Um, so, so, gosh, at the time, Centennial was kind of in a booming area, sure. sort of off on its own. And now it... It's in the middle of the thick of it. Right. And uh, you've seen that growth in your post-high school life. And, sure. Uh, Seattle University? Correct. So how long were you in Seattle? Uh, early 90s. Graduated in 93 okay. up there and stuck around for a little bit and then uh, found my way back like so, so many people. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I did a year in Seattle, too, and I'm always fascinated at what, what drew you back. What made you say, gosh, uh, back? Probably the same answer a lot of people would give. Wanted to start a family, you know, had roots here. Um, felt easier to get started, you know. My then wife and I bought a house in the Northeast uh, for seventy six thousand dollars, <laughs> which <laughs> seems like a dream. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah, exactly. You could buy like maybe the garage for that. Exactly. <laughs> so, um, yeah. Okay, so you've um, you started in commercial real estate. Then, what what drew you to that? What made you think, boy, this is something I want to do and want to be a part of? Got my feet wet a little bit, um, really, as a work study in in Seattle. I was going. There's a lot of opportunity at Seattle U, being right downtown, mm-hmm. to to do that. And so I worked for another broker uh, downtown. Kind of had a little bit of a background in the business, and then was introduced to uh, Tim Thornton, Peter Oliver, and Mike Keller, uh, just as they were starting. And basically harassed him until he decided, you know, they needed help, and right. and here I am. So yeah. So you've seen that practice really grow to sure. one of the top two, top one, two of, of commercial real estate firms in the valley. How has that process been? Watching it go from three partners and and you to this big firm with a sure. lot of things. I mean, going it's on. always more fun to be growing than than going the other direction, yeah. right? And I think it's been a, a great, uh, just good fortune to be at that firm when I was and and in the market that we were. Uh, The market was growing, becoming more sophisticated and I think we we were able to to bring an element of that to the market and uh, uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Okay, so I want to talk a bit about where the market is now and and where it's going and and uh, I was I actually ran a story on some Thor- some TOK research the other day that said that vacancy downtown is uh, at an all-time low which I think maybe surprises people um, what do you think is driving that 
It's such a great downtown. I mean, it really is. You you don't even have to walk around down there very long before you hear somebody from out of state or or just locally, you know, commenting on on how great it is. And I think that's a testament, probably, to some of the uh, uh, the longtime business uh, or property owners down there that have done a great job. Um, the Bomb Group with Block 44, uh, some of the newer uh, property owners like Abodo that really have a great sense of uh, what they want and vision of what they want to do and, and finding great operators and, and um, good local talent, which is what everyone loves. You know, you don't want to necessarily see a chain store when you come into a downtown, but it's that flavor that we've seen to create that is really driving that and the residential uh, growth all the new units that have showed up downtown as well so where does this go you've got they could see it seems like maybe it's come up just a little bit off that that low but it's still obviously there's not a lot of spaces left i think you might represent the the simplot space and there's you know uh, i think maybe a couple little spaces left in photo and there's the old spaghetti factory building and then you kind of look at it and you're like where do we go urban outfitters i guess is left but there's not much left right so if you have somebody who comes into the market and says, boy, we're looking to do X or Y, what do you tell them? Be patient. Yeah. You know, in retail, things are always ebbing and flowing and the spaces come up. And, and But really, you're right. I mean, there's that core area, I would say 8th and Main, 8th and Idaho, and then some of the other projects. Uh, certainly, the Simplot headquarters has really changed the dynamic on the south side of of uh, Front Street and Bodo is going to be the recipient of, of that. Um, so I, I think some of those other areas that maybe five, ten years ago people uh, weren't that excited about are really completely viable um, properties now. And so it is expanding that downtown uh, commercial sector. So were you involved with the Brownsfield Project. Our office was. I yeah, was okay. not personally. Yeah. Um, do you think that there's going to be? I mean, you look at a supply and demand economy. If all the supply is taken up, do you think that there's going to be more space? People looking to figure out how to add some more things. I know there's a couple things on the drawing board, but what do you see there? Yeah, I think, and I do think, um, just you know, the residential component and the retail have become so closely related that a lot of these uh, multifamily or condo projects are going to have even a small element of retail to them because it's a great amenity. It may not drive the um, NOI on a project as much, but being able to have that amenity helps sell all the units or rent all the units. And and I, I think that's a continued trend that you know we'll see more of. So explain that term you just used for people who maybe who are listening that don't. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. just for me who don't understand. Uh, meaning just as an ancillary um, uh, part of a you know a hundred unit project may have a 3,000, 5,000 square foot of retail for a, a coffee shop, a little bagel place, something that's a gathering spot that is a nice amenity for those um, for those people seeing it. You're seeing that a lot. Clay's project sure. over here at Fifth and Grove has got some of that and yeah. some of the other new projects. I think that, it's important. You yeah. know, and it may be even a lost leader sometimes for those developers, but in the way that it, it helps really set the tone and the... Um, stage for the rest of the, the people who are going to live there, which okay. is important. So as we zoom out a little bit, what do you think of the health of the market in general? I would imagine you don't want to see it too tight. You want to see some churn and some things moving around. I mean, how do you feel like the Boise area market is doing? Um, I mean, it would be hard to complain about the growth from a retailer standpoint, um, but we get that question all the time and, and I, I always want to answer it, you know, which part of the market are we talking about? Right. 
Um, this is the first time we've seen the overall uh, market vacancy has been hovering in the upper sevens for the last several years. And uh, it's gone up to, uh, I think we're at 8.8% now. And, that, and that's a big function of the shop go closure. Sure. The Sears closure, I yeah. think that's 20% of the vacancy. Huge holes that kind of got blown in the- Right. And so that's, you know, that's one part of the market. It's, it's vacant square footage, but it's not, uh, and yeah, I guess the other part of that answer would be, you know, the unanchored vacancy, which excluding those is at a 18 year low right now. And uh, that's being driven, obviously, by the growth and really construction costs kind of constraining any new speculative building. So you're not seeing a lot of new supply coming on. Yeah, so you don't have a lot of supply, but then you have these big spaces. I don't think you represent any of the shop goes or the Sears. So what do you think that we – I get asked this all the time. What's going to go in Shopco Broadway? What's going to happen at Shopco Fairview? What's going to happen at Sears, Shopco Nampa? Yeah. Do you think that – you know, if you, if you were doing it, would you chop those up? Would do you think that there's demand for those big boxes left? I mean, what do you think happens there? Where do you think that goes? It's a conundrum. I mean, there's a it's a very short list of ninety thousand square foot tenants that are circling around our market at any given time, and so um, not to say there aren't some out there. There isn't some sort of non-conforming use that might be able to take those. Um, it's a real you know, you have to be very creative and, and eventually somebody will. Um, I think what might be problematic in splitting those up is just the, the cost of our construction costs right now in the market are almost, I won't say every use the word prohibitive, but it, right. you know, it would be tough to split those in too many ways and incur those costs. And in my opinion, come in at a, at a market rent that probably makes sense. But you know, I hope someone proves me wrong. Well, do you think, I mean, so for people who don't understand kind of the difference between anchored vacancy and un, or an anchored center and an unanchored center, uh, there's more value to something that has a, like an Albertsons or a, a Rite Aid or a big yeah. national name yeah, for the rest of the tenants. So if you go in and you chop that up too finely, maybe you don't have that anchor anymore and it changes the character of the center. Is the, Absolutely. For the, the other shop too. tenants, those daily needs, grocery, drug, you know, whatever Draw. it might be, are those that are driving that traffic daily and that's you know helps the rest of the center. I think the so. people moving crossroads probably just felt like they were blessed when Albertson said, sure, we'll take that whole shop Ooh, go. It's Huge. such a beautiful store. Yeah. Beautiful store and yeah. it's really, I think, dri- driven a lot more traffic to that center that was starting to compete with Village of Meridian, right? And having oh, yeah. probably some challenges with that. And then Albertson comes in and says, sure, we're going to build our biggest store ever yeah. in your space. But that doesn't happen every day. No, it doesn't. I mean, the market dynamics have to be there for that to happen. And, and uh, you know, I, I just... I feel like over time, and hopefully someone's working on something that I just don't know about on those shop goes um, because they're on good corners and they are in good areas. It just sometimes takes time. Takes time. That that right fit when you're talking about, you know, an outlier. Square footage that large. And it's so interesting, too, because people are just like, well, I think it should be. Yeah. And then they'll name something and you're like, well, that doesn't really work. But people definitely want to see them full. And that's the interesting thing about retail is I think people really don't like to see empty spaces. Sure. They want to try something new or have something in their neighborhood that they're going right. to use. And, and and it's a struggle in some of these older neighborhood centers. The spaces might be functionally a little bit uh, different than what the needs of the modern tenants are. And um, that's been problematic sometimes. You know, it would be nice to see... Um, 
whether it's the city just being a little more progressive on loosening up the code a little bit to allow some, I know, a mechanism for a variance to do some different things there. Um, because I think, you know, the if you don't do that, then sometimes you can end up with these blighted spaces that just are functionally, you know, almost impossible to lease. Well, and you've seen, like, I think about Hillcrest, the Hillcrest Shopping Center, um, which had that big empty Fred Meyer for a long mm-hmm. time, and then it was, I think, a furniture store for a bit, and then empty again. And they finally said, well, let's just let's just tear it down right. and maybe build apartments. And it's been, gosh, what, 10 years plus, yeah. and that's still vacant. So even if you say, well, let's get rid of it, that doesn't necessarily solve any problem. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of different, I guess, nuances to your question. I mean, some of it is just they're bigger centers and maybe have 20 tenant spaces in them. And the tenant categories have, have become fewer as well as certain categories have gone online, right. as, you know, all the stories that we all hear. Um, and so I, I do think there's probably, this could be going on for years, but you could see some of those centers uh, giving up space, building multifamily, like you just mentioned, or some other um, sort of uses to, to just occupy that area. Do you think we'll see a trend at all there um, where you might have a spot that has a large parking lot that doesn't need it anymore and maybe they think, boy, we could monetize that with some multifamily. Do you think we'll see some of that? We haven't really yet. Not yet, but it certainly would make sense. I do think we'll see that. There's a church in Southeast Boise that did it and put houses in there. Right. I I remember being like, how are they going to put a neighborhood there? And they they shoehorned it in, so maybe more of that type of thing. Yeah. So I kind of, I always like to talk about what you see coming and what is ahead. What are some of the trends that you think that will affect our market um, kind of generally or maybe even specifically? In terms of the market and development, I guess I kind of alluded to that a little bit already, just that real, that ongoing closer relationship between retail and residential, be it single family, you know, holding off some some land for, setting aside something to where you can have a, a Hyde Park, you know, in a new development, you can have a bound crossing, you can, it's important. And I, I live out in Harris Ranch and oh, I hear the people, yeah. okay. <laughs> so, you know, you know, we've got Lucky 13 out there. And that's it. And that's it. <laughs> and a sushi shack people is are coming, so, but yeah. Right, right. And, uh, and I think um, those tenants who are able to make that work, uh, Lost Grove Brewing, Sushi Shack, yeah. um, the uh, still, which just went in there, they're, they're doing quite well, yeah. um, but you've got to be able to develop and that's part of a, also a mixed use, you know, residential project where the tenants were able to get in and at rents that, that made sense for them to be successful. And I, I just think it's a function of the construction costs being what they are, not right or wrong. It's just hard to develop standalone retail and come in at a rate that, you know, a lot of tenants are able to do. So it's... So I hear about construction costs constantly. I don't write about it a ton. I probably should write about it more, but that's something that I think figures into every project. In in your crystal ball, do you see that getting any better or do you think it's gonna continue to be tight for a long time? Uh, I mean, there's certainly people that are, could answer that more intelligently than sure, I can yeah. that are in the business, but uh, it, it sure seems like it's not changing anytime soon. And, it, and it's not a story that's unique to Boise right. either. I mean, we're hearing that everywhere. But um, yeah, it certainly 
I don't know how to answer that question. I get asked all the time, like with all this growth, you guys must be just, you know, on fire. And it is certainly very, very busy. But there is a, a very large delta sometimes between what you can uh, do a deal for, between the landlord saying, hey, I can't build this for less than, and, and rent it to you for less than $30 a foot, right. and the tenant saying, well, I can only pay 20 Right. Um, and that's a big part of our job is trying to creatively figure out how to bridge that gap. So I, I do think that's a little bit of a headwind, as you ask, going forward that we're going to continue to see. Okay. So you deal with a lot of commercial projects and, and retail, and um, people ask me all the time, I'm sure you get this too, what about, kind of the what abouts? Um, the one this week, which pops up all the time, is I hear, I hear that uh, IKEA is coming in. They're going to go to Ten Mile, and I kind of like I don't think so. But mm. do you ever think that we'll see like an IKEA or an In and Out or those types of big names that we don't have yet, or are we a long way from the growth that it takes to get some of those next level type of projects? Yeah, you never know. I mean, those are are such large market stores. Um, sometimes we get a little over our skis, I guess, with our exuberance. Yeah. Um, but, um, but again, you know, um, I think a lot of these retailers are finding growth in some of these medium tertiary type markets like we are too, and they're able to uh, change up some prototypes to be able to, to do that. And they're looking at the success and the growth and, and, uh, of Boise and trying to figure out ways to, to do that. So you never know. Yeah. Never know. We've I wish things, I had a crystal ball. I right. <laughs> and we've gotten things that I think maybe were ahead of there. Whole Foods is probably a little yeah. earlier than I think people expected. Even Trader Joe's right. now looking at maybe multiple units in the market, right. some of those types of things. Um, what do you think is next? What do you think comes next that people are going to be like, wow, that's really great? And I mean, not in a specific sense, but sort of generally. Yeah, I, you know, I, as I look forward, I think we're going to just see a just a continuation of, of what we had. We may even take a little bit of a, a breath here um, to uh, uh, kind of reposition some projects. I mean, I think I'm just a huge fan of downtown. I yeah. think downtown, I don't know what those, what's on the drawing board, but um, there's just so much bullishness on our downtown yeah. that I could see, you know, whether it's in Boda, whether it's some new project, um, someone coming out and doing something really cool. Well, and I think, I mean, I don't think it's a secret, and I've written some stories and hope to do some more with, with the Hendrix folks mm-hmm. in Bodo, and um, they, I think, are looking at all sorts of different ideas, right? The hotel is, I think, something that they're considering, another hotel. Um, people are kind of wondering what the future of the theater is there and right. some of the other things. So there could be a big project there. And, right. and Hendrix seems like they're in it not for maybe what a lot of less capitalized folks are where they kind of have to see a return quick. Yeah. Like they look like they may do it and hold for decades. And and they're sophisticated owners, and that's what I was saying. Like We've really been blessed, I think, um, with our downtown of the ownerships that are there and I think have that long-term horizon. Um, and, and, you know, that has borne itself out in what's, what's going on right now. you got Clay Carley kind of cranking up his engine. I know he's been trying to get going for yep. years, and that's starting to come together. And, and you know, even the small projects like the, the um, Cahill Jones and BizPrint, what he's trying to do to right. build a big building there. So we have all these little things. Um, more than a 1,000 
residential units around the drawing board and right. some in between either apartment or um, condo. So a bunch more projects with residential, maybe some more retail. Yeah, and I think that's what I was saying. You know, I think a lot of those projects will have it at least a little bit with it, and that's a trend. You know, I think that's a trend everywhere um, where you've really seen a convergence between those two specialties, and and um, you know, they they both need each other. What's your thought on kind of the west part of downtown, where there could be a stadium someday, and um, you're starting to see some churn there. Mm-hmm. The the roads just got reconfigured with some bike lanes and parking. And right. do you think that that's maybe the next land of opportunity for downtown? Yeah, and certainly. I mean, with what's being proposed uh, down there, I mean, those are game changers. And uh, um, you know, to be within that proximity to a downtown core and have some of those amenities, I could see real appeal. Um, and even what's going on around Whitewater and, and that area, you know, we're five minutes away from downtown core and and uh, people can't hardly believe that that opportunity exists to, to live in an area like that and be that close to a downtown. Well, it's amazing at how much greenfield development space there is down there that close to, you True. know, or close to. I mean, there's some things, obviously, that has some structures, but there's not a lot of impediments to doing some interesting projects yeah, there. Exactly. Okay. So... Um, Give us a plug. What are some interesting listings that you have that, that people might be interested in hearing about? Uh, I'm not. I'm not a self promoter. <laughs> so well, I, I want I, you to be. I probably should do a better job of that. I mean, I, I've been I've been lucky in that 22 uh, years to, to be involved in all sorts of projects and and have learned a ton from learned more from my clients than I've probably ever been able to impart to them. But. You know, most recently being able to work on the Simply headquarters, which is an absolutely gorgeous building downtown, and work uh, on Block 44 and, and stay involved there. Um, Tell me what Block 44 is. Block 44 yeah. is North Face, 8th, 8th and 9th. Um, uh, and there's still some opportunity in there, is that right? Or Walla Walla's coming back. They're they coming like, back. I need to write a story on it this week. They yeah. left and they're coming back. And They are. Uh, and that's a win for downtown. Yeah, you know, right. someone who left and, and ventured out west and, and is coming back. And so that's exciting. And I like to see those soft good retailers downtown. And we should all support them and you know keep, keep uh, downtown core really healthy that way. Do you think we'll see more in that type of retail? It seems like that's a little bit scarce sometimes. That category? That category of a place to get some clothes or some that kind of thing. Yeah. I mean, I think just like when the mall was built, you know, there was that when the village was built for obvious reasons. That's a, a fantastic project and, and, you know, probably just natural selection. We lost some of that. But I do think the incomes and the vibrancy and everything of downtown, um, you know, when we have those tenants downtown, um, it's kind of on the consumer to support them. And um, when people do well, then it attracts other other retailers to do that. So um, I do think, you know, it just takes time. There's a little bit of ebb and flow, like I said earlier, to, to all retail. So North Face shrunk back down to kind of one story. It doesn't seem like it's a ton smaller store. It's not, I think they gave us about 3,000 feet. Yeah, so. so upstairs there, is that office probably? Is that yeah. the concept? Yeah. Um, where else? I mean, what, what do we see? What do we see going forward? I mean, it's probably not the, um, um, I mean, I just, it's the growth areas that, that are under retail uh, completely right now. I mean, I'm sure you've written lots about it, but North Meridian with the Winco and Costco eventually coming. CUNA got a project out there that has just gone uh, great, continues to do so, just not a lot of retail and a lot of growth. And so, 
you know, some of those outlying areas, you'll, you'll see um, a lot of infill and, and interest coming and everything's about momentum in retail as somebody lands out there and something exciting, it just generates more activity. And so I, I, I think moving forward, you'll see some of that. So can we talk Albertsons a little bit? Sure. Uh, since they always are such an interesting player here, obviously they started here 80 years ago this month. And, but now they're sort of saying, hey, we're gonna go out and build new stores. And I think on their conference call, they said they're gonna do like 15 to 17 new stores this year. And they have three on the drawing board here in the valley and they're in high growth areas mm-hmm. um harris ranch south meridian like you mentioned and out in um, star mm-hmm. do you think that there'll be a catalyst that they're kind of going into new places that don't have a lot of retail and they'll maybe bring people along with them uh, absolutely i mean it's uh having that daily needs anchor out there uh, will generate definitely you know more activity in those in those submarkets, and and I don't know when in order of you know the, someone at Albertsons might be listening to me. Yeah, you know? well, yeah, I ask them about once a month. Right. They, okay. they won't tell me. Other so I think South Meridian is next. I think okay. they've kind of decided on that. Sure. Um, but you know that's Boise has a high degree of sophistication because of companies like and real estate because of of people like Albertsons having been based here for so long, and those guys know what they're doing, and and there've been spinoffs because of that, and so. It's exciting to be able to work here. I think a lot of times we have clients come in from bigger markets and they think they're going to come and show everybody how it's done and figure out, you know, people are already doing it well here. And uh, seeing Albertsons do some new stores is is great for everybody. Well, they, I mean, they anchor or shadow anchor just about every major property in the valley in some way. Mm-hmm. And even like uh, my family uh, runs the Vistula Shopping Center and we're proud that they were one of our original tenants sure. and they went on and moved down the street and backfilled them 34 years ago. But right. um, I mean, they really have been a big piece of kind of driving this retail. I took a break on that. Mm-hmm. And so it's interesting to see them maybe come back and, and do that again and, right. and help the market grow. Okay. Well, I think that's it. Do you have anything else you want to talk about that you're just burning to discuss? <laughs> no, I'm just, uh, I'm just here to answer the question. So, yeah. yeah. Well, I appreciate it. It's Mark Schlag with Thornton Oliver Keller. Uh, I appreciate you joining us on the Boise Dev Podcast. Appreciate it.